Welcome to Season 7, Episode 5 of the Family Travel Australia Podcast. We are Paul, Katie and Jasper from the Feel Good Family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Yes, welcome to the Family Travel Podcast where we share the latest in RV industry news, road trip, travel, caravanning and camping, product reviews, where to go, what to do and so much more. Thanks for joining us. This week we count our blessings after being involved in a single vehicle accident in the 79 series. We dust ourselves off, make temporary repairs before heading to come face to face with a cassowary in the world's oldest rainforest and we visit a secret rainforest and waterfall in Mossman. This episode is jam-packed and we will start by saying these events that we're going to be talking about did take place over a couple of Mm. weeks. I actually feel like time slowed down as it does when something major takes place in your life. It feels like the world around you stops spinning or at least certainly slows down and everything goes into slow-mo. That is exactly how I felt in this scenario. We won't harp on about it uh, too much because we are the feel-good family <laughs> uh, and we certainly didn't feel too good at the time. Uh, but let's just go through the process. We'll, we'll go through the details of the accident and then what happened following that. Uh, for the real detail around this, we did put out an episode uh, a couple of weeks ago. It has been absolutely overwhelming, the response mm-hmm. uh, from people from all over the world uh, through Messenger, Facebook, YouTube messaging, comments. Uh, we are truly overwhelmed and full of gratitude. Let's get on. With the accident and uh, and explain that through. Sorry, Katie. No, I was just going to say, yeah, thank you to everybody who who has reached out to us. And uh, I know for you, Paul, it was a particularly hard time outside of the actual events uh, of the accident, and of course, all of the the emotions that that brings. I know it was particularly hard for you putting yourself out there uh, within our YouTube content and feeling particularly vulnerable. The response to that has been so incredible and just the comments that are coming in, particularly from our male viewers and the audience, I think showing that vulnerability is so connecting for people. It really touches people on a deeper level and just gives people that appreciation and that connection back to, you know, okay, yes, I've been watching you guys for for three years, but, you know, you, you, you really are real people and this really is a real event and these are real emotions and, and the fact that you put yourself out there is something I think that should be celebrated. Uh, thank you. I, th- I think it really was tough around the whole concept of really being in that moment in charge of my family's safety and feeling that that was uh, basically my control was taken away from me. So I I think that was the real challenge at the time and and making sure that Jasper and Katie were okay. We had set off on the Bloomfield track 
from Rossville Retreat, that fantastic campground that we spoke about in the last episode. And we knew we were going to be off for the day. We didn't have the caravan in tow, which is highly recommended uh, from us and from the signage. Do not tow your Mm. van there. People definitely do it. Uh, Certainly feeling a lot uh, (laughs) braver than we are. It is incredibly steep, windy, mountainous road that then does take in spectacular views of the ocean and probably one of those once in your lifetime drive journeys that you can do. So we were we were pretty buoyant and pretty excited to set off. We got about 35 40 minutes down the track through to a little township called Woodjul Woodjul. It's a, an Aboriginal community and as we were coming down through that township, it was a flat piece of road. It was bitumen. We pulled off to uh, stop and do a piece to camera about the local community. And then I realized there was some other vehicle coming up behind us and we still had our outside two wheels on the bitumen. So we decided to reverse up. And also we wanted to take in uh, this particular community signage and so to get a better angle of that and and get out and, and, and really chat about that uh what i didn't see was there was a culvert there were no markers or uh, anything really visual that could warn me of what was about to happen but as we were reversing back and coming into a stop on the the shoulder of the the grassed lawn area we literally just started to tip over and rolled the 79 completely onto its side uh with all that crunching and window shattering and uh, it just incredibly slow motion though. It was, um, it was, it was very surreal, uh, as it was happening and enough time for us to realize exactly what was happening and know that unfortunately there wasn't anything that we could do to prevent it. Uh, but very fortunately it was a very mild accident as far as accidents go. Mm. None of us were hurt. It wasn't um, an extremely traumatic experience. Uh, I would definitely say that we were all in shock, as you are when something unexpected happens. I think uh, the immediate response was to check Jasper and then Mm. uh, Katie and we checked each other, you know, you okay? I mean, I'm hanging on the side now and and these guys are laying flat on the ground uh, and Jasper said, I'm fine, I'm fine. And so I was able to get myself out of my seatbelt, which is incredibly hard to do because of gravity, I think, and the, the nature of how you're hanging. Uh, but uh, that was fine. I'm glad that we were able to get that out. And then I checked Katie again. She said, look, I'm, I'm fine. I said, right, let's get you out, mate. And I I looked into the back and I couldn't see Jasper properly. And he was um, a bit concerned that his foot was stuck, which – um, as a dad was my worst fear that he'd been squished or that something had happened to him. So, uh, fortunately he, he just had his shoes stuck in the belt and whatever was going on there. So, um, we were able to remove the basket off him and, and undo his belt buckle and get him out. And then fortunately a passerby had stopped and was able to open my driver's door, which allowed me to lift Jasper up through, uh, to that guy who was, um, I guess, standing still on the ground but was able to reach up and, and take Jasper off me uh, and then help Katie out and and then finally I was able to get out. And I think then the real shock of the 
the scenario kicked in that you could see this, you know, epic four-wheel drive, you know, a 79 series laying on its side completely. And st- I still didn't understand what had happened. I, I mean, I, 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 even when we were, were starting to tip over, I, I thought, are we going to roll down a hill, is it? I, I just couldn't understand why I just mm, it was really strange, and I think to your point, Paul, because there was no markings, there was no indication whatsoever, and even afterwards, standing on the road and looking from either direction back to where the accident took place, your naked eye sees a flat grassed area on the side of the road, so. It was really surreal and strange and, as you say, not knowing what what had we hit or what, what had even happened, I mm. think, um, made it even more strange and surreal. What is incredible is that help was there immediately. Help was there, I think, pulling up before probably the 79 had even completely laid down on its side. Um, Wayne, the gentleman that was there that helped us get out of the car, was it just like he was there waiting for us. And then within minutes, we had two of the the nicest young blokes you'll ever meet pull up on their way back down from a Cape trip, just happened to be headed back down the Bloomfield track south. And before we know it, there's winches attached to the vehicle and it's being pulled upright. And it was just incredible, the series of events that took place after this accident mm. and the amazing people that are there when you need the most. Totally. The two gentlemen were Mitch and Matt and they were travelling in single vehicles each. Uh, actually, I think Mitch had the 79 series as well and so he knew a lot about this vehicle and, and then even talked me through the process of letting it sit and letting the oil drain back through and not starting it and when to start it and that they they hung around for another 45 minutes after they righted the vehicle which happened kind of in the same speed as it went over it kind of slowly tipped back up onto its side with two winches and incredible scenes really and then next minute you know we were able to ring Dave and Sandy who the people who owned uh, Rossville Retreat because we didn't really know who else to call to be honest and uh Dave and Sandy were there literally a half an hour, 35 minutes later. Mm. They, they must have just dropped everything, hopped in there, therefore driving and came to make sure we were okay. Uh, remarkably, uh, Matt and Mitch drove off and <laughs> like, okay, we'll, we'll find you. We need to, you know, thank you properly. And they were checking on us the whole time. Can I get you some water? Look, just sit down, slow down your breathing. You know, they were just really uh, – I think really just trying to calm me down because I, I think that this, I was really uh, started to feel in shock about what mm. had happened and relieved, I think, as well. Uh, but anyway, Sandy and, and Dave showed up and Dave is a uh, – not a motor mechanic, a panel beater for 35 years. He said, that's all right, mate, with his English accent. We'll just belt that out. It'll be fine, mate. We'll get you back on the road. We'll get your family. Your family's safe. That's all that matters. Yeah, it is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. And so there you go. So we uh, we were then uh, let the car run for about 15 minutes. It, it puffed and blew a bit of smoke for a bit and then it cleared up completely and purred and 
drove straight, which was amazing, and uh, we were able to get back to, to Dave's place. So then was able to book in to Cooktown Motor Mechanics, get a wheel alignment, get the steering checked, uh, get that done, come back to Dave's. We then spent an afternoon panel beating uh, the door out. Uh, he helped write up the report for the insurance on the damage, like, you know, 120 different itemised pits and pieces and you know i mean it though it just rolled on its side that that whole side the um did take the impact so there's there's a fair bit there going on and next minute was all booked in high car sorted um the replacement window glass for the passenger door that whole door's getting replaced uh but this is all happening in the next uh four or five weeks so it is quite amazing the series of events that took place and how quickly things just fell into into place for us in terms of getting those repairs booked in. Just I I, I think the the thing that we will take away most from mm. this. I mean, you can spend hours driving yourself crazy as to why things like this happen. You know, when you least expect it, and gosh, we were off for a brilliant day, and never would we have thought that this would have been the the outcome of our day. And and I think it's proof that you know life is precious; it's fragile. Things can change in an instant. Um, as we said on our YouTube episode around the accident, shit happens, and it it mm. happens to good people. Um, but on the flip side of that coin, incredible happens, and the incredible part in all of this for us was the coming together of incredible people who didn't know each other, who didn't ask any questions, mm. who were there the instant that we needed help. And, well, we know now we have lifelong friends in, in Dave and Sandy. I mean, they we had extra time with them to really get to know them and form a fantastic bond. And even the likes of Mitch and Matt who just showed up almost like they just appeared out of nowhere True. and came to our rescue and then just as quickly as they appeared, they disappeared. And, you know, it really does restore your faith even – I don't know if that's the right wording, but it certainly does make you appreciative of how incredible people are and how amazing in those situations when you need it most people are there for you. Look, I, I think we'll jump straight to our takeaway for this week because that really is it that – we can be so consumed on our devices and uh, around news and generally it's bad news and, you know, we're, we're seeking to be informed and we end up inundated. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's probably a good lesson for all of us in, in that is, you know, turn off the news app because mm. it doesn't generally make you feel very good. It generally just heightens, you know, anxiety and makes you feel pretty crap. Um, but we've <laughs> – I think we're conditioned to believe that – that mankind isn't kind and what we found the whole way through our travels is mm. that man is kind like and that there are more kind people than not mm. and that you need to be open to that and the best way for you to find help when you need it is to offer help, uh, you know, and if it's safe to do so, you know, we will pull over and help someone change a tyre and then it has that's happened for us. People mm. have pulled over and changed our tyre yeah. when we've blown it. Um, well, this scenario, I think the, the real lesson in it is that at some point, I guarantee you are going to need someone to give you a helping hand and so make sure you're that for others and just remember it is called mankind for a reason mm. and it truly is the way it is. Just, uh, yeah, it's what you're looking at, I think. 
Yeah, nicely said. Uh, I just have to also say I really loved reading all of the comments that came in regarding the good old trusty unbreakable Toyota. (laughs) It was so good. You know, so many, ah, she'll be right, mate. Just get her upright, give her a rest for a minute and off she goes. And it is incredible to think that, you know, we have such an amazing vehicle that really was the case. We, you know, we let it sit and and then have had no issues with it at all. So we're feeling very blessed. We're feeling very looked after, very grateful, full of of gratitude and just very humbled by all of the support. And again, if you if you do want to see uh, the more detail visually, then uh, head to the YouTube channel. I think we posted it last week. It's had 50,000 views and 600 comments. So it's um, incredible to us that people, I think they reflect, uh, there's a lesson in it for everyone. Mm. And uh, probably for, for most of us, it would be to hold those dearest to you close and tell them that you love them and, and yeah, make sure that you are vocal in your respect of each other. Beautifully said. All right, let's move on to some feel-good stuff. All right, let's do it. Okay, so uh, minor repairs done. I got to even use a little bit of a <laughs> a sledgehammer. I was a bit of an apprentice panel beater. You see, the skills that you're learning on the road, babe, oh, that you Lord. never would have thought of when you were sitting in your corporate office. That's exactly right. And we're now towing from really Black Mountain National Park – where Rossville Retreat sits, to Mossman. The reason why we decided to go straight to Mossman is that we had windscreen O'Briens ready with a new door glass that was repaired uh, as soon as we got there and ended up having to be pretty well glued in place. Hey, I'm not complaining. I'm pretty happy about the fact that I do actually have glass in my window on the door of the truck. It was a... um it was an okay drive from Rossville Retreat down to Mossman, but after that many hours without yes. the the window, it really does take a toll. And, and we mentioned in our YouTube episode, you know, all those people back in the day who, this is pre-air conditioning in vehicles, who, you know, did the epic road trips. I mean, Paul, I remember you telling me about you and your family, the your mum, dad and the all the kids in the back of the car crossing the Nullarbor with windows down. And Seven of us, yeah, and mum and dad, nine total. That's right. Yeah, and hot just air and... Cranked music, ganga jang. Wind blowing in your face, you know, hair going everywhere. So there'd be plenty of people out there who had a little chuckle at us complaining about our, our few hours in the car down to Mossman. But uh, very, very thankful to have glass on my window, even if I can't put it down. (laughs) The real downside to that for me is I do a lot of filming with the GoPro, particularly getting those shots in our towing, in our MSA towing mirrors of, you know, looking back the road that we've travelled on and the view back to the caravan. So it's made it a little bit trickier. I've had to get a bit creative with how I (laughs) capture those those shots. All right, let's tell you about where we decided to pull up uh, camp. It is a private property. You can find this on Wiki Camps or Hip Camp. It is known as Mossman Creek's Edge uh, Campground. It is a 
a family-owned and operated farm, 117 years in the making. It's been passed through the family, the O'Donoghue's, and it was a, an Irish O'Donoghue that came out and was able to secure this massive parcel of land that backs now into a World Heritage-listed Daintree. Uh, so it's remarkably special place. Mm. Uh, uh, we are in the off-grid, unpowered area there is the most beautiful amenities we've seen a covered reading area a bathroom that is yeah something you'd expect to find if you were staying in some quaint little cottage in the middle of the rainforest and they've created this here in their unpowered camp area Mm. the attention to detail i think is what really made this place stand out yes annette uh is the main lady owner and and farmhand that uh meets and greets you she was previously a a poor poor farmer so she's pretty good as a green thumb and the landscaping of the area is beautiful they only allow for five campers in the unpowered and then they have a powered section which also only allows five campers so it's a very exclusive Mm. kind of feel look we spent the first night uh with some now new friends that we met Mm -hmm. that have just about to complete 10 months traveling on with their two boys and then the next five nights we were the only ones there it was amazing. I was just actually looking back at some of this footage, posting up some little video snippets on our stories on socials. I actually think this is a place where I'd be happy to be forever. You know, we've spoken about um, places like that as you travel around us, and we've certainly met plenty of, plenty of people who, you know, have said to us, yeah, I pulled up here eight years ago and, you know, I've never left. Looking back at the footage from this particular farm stay in Mossman, it is so beautiful. Mm. And the the environment, the natural environment is so all-encompassing. You really could just get lost here. It, it is bursting with life and wildlife and the environment. Uh, exactly. It's, it's all-encompassing. Uh, there is a secret waterfall. We weren't allowed to give the exact coordinates or location, but however, if you stay at the farm stay, Creek's Edge, you are given uh, instructions, I guess, on how to get to this waterfall. It's uh, generally a 35-minute hike. Uh, it's definitely a moderate hike. You're doing a river crossing, holding onto a rope, uh, which was a little challenging with Jasper, mm. but we, we did it. It took us closer to an hour. Uh, with his little legs, you, you're scrambling up rainforests and then down into big boulders and into a little cave section and, and you're following this trek uh, that's clearly marked out by these little orange tags that they've put through jungle. I mean, it is that dense. You, you, you cannot believe it. It's incredible. And then you get to this waterfall and being the only ones there, we spent a good few hours and just <laughs> blown away that we could possibly be somewhere as pristine untouched beautiful as this that can only be accessed from this property and feel like we're in our own private mm-hmm. heaven on earth in the oldest rainforest in, on the planet uh, truly it's truly remarkable we, we can't say enough about how beautiful this place is and uh so that that is you know all included in your 30 dollars a night yeah. i mean it's <laughs> it's it's hard to understand how you could, you know, put a price on this. It's yep. 
really, really picture perfect and um, certainly somewhere that I think we will definitely go back and stay next mm-hmm. time we are in the region and somewhere we'd encourage you to go and stay and experience as well. The creek that runs beside the unpowered section is only, you know, maybe 20, 30 centimetres deep. We strung a hammock between there, got naked in nature and just <laughs> absolutely love that. Uh, incredible. Uh, Jasper was trying to dam up the creek, which is good fun. Uh, down a little bit further is a large, uh, the Daintree, uh, sorry, Mossman River, yeah. and that is beautiful, much deeper. Uh, the cows certainly enjoyed their swim in there as well. Yes. Uh, then from here, we, we use this as our base. You could take 30 minutes and get to Port Douglas, which of course gives you access to the Great Barrier Reef, Low Isles, uh, every single water activity you could imagine you'd want to do up in, in the very far north of Queensland. Or you can travel about, again, another 30 minutes to the Daintree Ferry to cross the Daintree River to get into the Daintree uh, Rainforest and onto Cape Tribulation, which is probably the the real hero of this region. It is the most publicised and for good reason. Again, uh, I mean, you cannot believe that it is exactly as good, if not better, than the images that you've Mm. seen. Yeah, it really is spectacular. That rainforest is just incredible and that drive, the drive, even the drive from Creek's Edge, you know, in Mossman to the ferry is beautiful. It's, you know, cane farms and mountains in the background and, you know, you're you're in the tropics. Everything is is epic and green and lush and bursting and and then you get to the ferry and I mean it's a five minute crossing if that Mm -hmm. on the ferry across the beautiful river and then the drive from that ferry crossing to Cape Tribulation which is only about 35 kilometres something like that is absolutely stunning. That takes about an hour that drive. Uh, There are Winding, steep ascents, descents, uh, fully bitumened, uh, plenty of speed bumps, signs every five kilometres that say cassowary crossing, yes. slow down. Uh, so it's it's very well managed as mm. far as vehicle traffic and just m- forcing you to slow down. Mm. They were actually upgrading uh, many parts of that winding road when we were travelling on that particular day. It certainly is towable. Uh, and there are a couple of campgrounds up at the Cape Trib end if you were mm-hmm. wanting to take your van and go and stay up there. The ferry crossing is $45 return if you're in a four-wheel drive or a vehicle. Uh, as far as towing a caravan, if you just give them a call, uh, they'll be able to give you the information updated as far as the cost of towing a caravan over there. Uh, the wildlife. Now, we set off, we had three on our hit list, mm. when well, I should, probably shouldn't use the word hit. <laughs> on our wish list. Wish list, there we go. We had a cassowary, mm-hmm. famous for this region, mm-hmm. Jurassic looking. Yes. Giant bird, similar to an emu, but has such a presence of, you know, beauty with all the coloured, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, yeah, it's like a garb around its face yes. and, yeah, and dawns its whole head piece, isn't it? It's, it's like a, a warrior piece. It's amazing. This animal is like 
nothing else really it's you know we've heard that with different wildlife across our travels um with animals particularly the the platypus when we were in tassie and we we went and did that experience and uh they said you know the platypus has really borrowed body parts from lots of other animals and i feel five other animals yeah i feel a little bit like that with the cassowary as well Mm -hmm. okay cassowary uh crocodile the estuarine or saltwater crocodile, and also the spectacularly beautiful Ulysses butterfly, that giant blue butterfly. It only has a lifespan of like two weeks. Oh, it's, it actually hurts my heart thinking about that when, <laughs> when you see them in the wild and just how spectacular they are. I actually, the boys were out. The boys were out in Mossman getting the new glass fitted in the vehicle and I was getting some work done in the van and I was sitting at our dining table and this sort of bright light from outside just caught my eye and as I lifted my head up I saw this brilliant flash of bright turquoise blue and immediately I knew and so I you know as you do I grabbed my phone it's the first thing you do right and I raced out of the caravan and Ah, the thing with these Ulysses is they're fairly quick. They are fast movers. So mm. I didn't get to capture it for the boys. So we were like, right, okay, we've got to see one of these on our travels when we head up to Cape Trib. They're the size of Katie's hand. Uh, they are quite erratic in their flight pattern and they do fly a little faster and for longer periods than most other butterflies. And some people believe it's because they only have a short amount of they're time. On a so mission. They, they yeah, yeah, they they are, you know, get busy living. Yeah. Get busy dying, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, we are very, very thrilled to let you know that we did see two out of the three on our hit list. We stopped to do a boardwalk walk. It is the Mudger boardwalk. Uh, after we'd been up to beautiful Cape Trib Beach and taken that in and, oh, my gosh, the drone shots that Paul captured, you know, it it is literally where the rainforest meets the reef and Mm. it is more spectacular standing there in person than any image that you will ever see. We stopped and had some lunch, which was fantastic, and then on the drive back, our first port of call was the Maja Boardwalk, mm-hmm. which was only about a kilometre and a half long from memory. Really well done, completely accessible. And this particular area of the rainforest, the interpretive signage said that the plants that are growing here represent the stages of evolution over a 400 million <laughs> period, which is mind-blowing in itself. 400 million years are. It is. It's hard to comprehend, you know, time and space, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, we, whether we're talking about it on our planet Earth mm-hmm. or when we're, you know, visit the Cosmos Centre in Charleville, <laughs> it, it, it absolutely is mind-blowing. It, it really is. And then to put yourself in amongst it and, this again, this is one of the best things about travelling with children is that you get to have those experiences and explain as best you can. And so for us being there, being in the world's, the planet's oldest rainforest was mind-blowing enough for Jasper. Mm. And then, of course, to come face-to-face with such an incredible animal as the cassowary. Look, the cassowary is still regarded as a, a, a very dangerous animal in that 
it can definitely slice and dice you. It, oh, it can yeah. kill you. And, and people have, unfortunately, um, had a battle with a cassowary. Uh, so there's some good education around that, that, you know, don't make eye contact. If you make eye contact, don't lose eye contact. Stand with your hands above your arms, above your head with your hands pointing forward so that you're making yourself look like a tall statue, like a, another bird, um, so that you, you get more height. Uh, fortunately, it was on the other side of the boardwalk and really probably was desensitised to human mm. foot traffic, I, mm. I would think, being in this boardwalk area. S- didn't really care. Didn't even whether we were there or not. Um, but no, he was cooling off. It was damn hot. It was. And he he was so beautiful to watch. He or she, don't really know how you tell the difference between a Mr. or a Mrs. Cassowary. But whoever it was just slowly meandered down into the little water area. Probably got their feet in. About five foot tall in sort of normal, um, I guess, posture but then can stretch themselves right up over seven feet, you know, like. Mm. Reminds me of Norbert. Wow. Remember the uh, the emu at yeah. um, Hidden Valley there in Yandina? And when he came right over and I was standing in the doorway of the caravan and he came right over to the front door and was just standing at his normal height. So I was above him, so to speak. And then he just stretched up his neck and we came eye to eye and that was quite a, oh, Okay, moment for me. It yeah. was. It made definitely made my heart beat a lot quicker when he stretched his neck up. Cassowary is like an emu with armour. Yes, it is. Yeah, and that amazing plate on their head that they use, obviously, to uh, thrash their way through the rainforest, like a machete. Yes, such an incredible, incredible bird, and the colour on this one was so spectacular. I said to the boys. If we see a cassowary, I think I will cry. And I would just, it was so emotional. It was just such an amazing moment to be standing so close. And he wasn't bothered by us at all. And just take in this incredible animal. So we were like, right, okay, tick next. Yes. So we had a couple more stops. Uh, what we decided to do, actually, it's good to mention, is that we drove from the ferry straight to our endpoint, which for us was Cape Tribulation Beach. And then we meandered our way back. Every few kilometres you're stopping because there's so many different highlights that you can pick and choose. We stopped at Thornton Beach, a secluded beach uh, in that, I don't know, it'd be a few kilometres long and not a single soul there. Yeah, I love it. Paul said, this is the beach that you dream of, you know, when your boss is in your ear nagging you about something and you just (laughs) don't want to be at work. And it truly is stunning. Yeah, absolutely. Turquoise water. Palm White trees. sand, yeah. and then there's a, a bar yes. <laughs> just up, up on the main road there. I mean, there's only one road, but um, uh, unfortunately it was getting some renos and was closed, but you could, I mean, you could see how you could stop there and just, oh, you know, you want time to just freeze because it's mm-hmm. a stunning place. And then we continued on down and then a couple more kilometres, there's a Daintree Tea Company uh, massive tea fields, and we bought a couple of boxes of tea, daintry tea, that of this pure tea uh, that was at a an honesty box. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazing! So we had ten dollar notes, so that was five dollars a box. So we ended up with a hundred tea bags. Yeah, look, and we did say on our YouTube channel we would let uh, let you all know if it's well worth ordering because they do ship around Australia and worldwide as well. 
It's really Great. good tea. Yes, we are really enjoying our Daintree tea. Mm. And it's good, isn't it, when you can place a memory to a moment uh, that you are experiencing after the fact, you know, mm. and we love that, you know, so tea is a good way to give you a, a reconnect, I guess. Yes. Uh, we then continued on down a little bit further, five more kilometres, to the Daintree Ice Cream Company. Oh, this is so good. And they also have a, uh, a tropical fruit orchard as well that you can uh, walk through and see all the different types of a weird and wonderful, amazing yeah. tropical fruit trees. Exotic fruits, yes. isn't it? Yes, it is. Definitely well worth a stop. The ice cream was Fantastic. And this is where we were able to tick off another one of those animals. Mind you, as we were driving along through the rainforest, I, as the passenger in the front seat, did see plenty of Ulysses in the canopy overhead, even to the point where I said to Paul, stop, and got him to stop. And I jumped out of the car and I stood on the side of the road with my camera and the boys had to keep driving and do a U-turn and then come back and pick me up. And I just couldn't capture any of these beautiful butterflies on camera. So when we pulled up and we were enjoying our ice cream, I shouted out to Paul because he was off filming around the grounds and he was able to capture just a few moments of one of these incredible Ulysses butterflies pollinating the gardens. Amazing. Magical. Magical. That That is what that feeling is when you're standing there watching these magnificent butterflies. The colours of nature. I mean... Crazy. It's not just blue. It's... Uh, I don't even know the words to describe it. It's like incandescent. Is that the right word? It's got a buzz about it, I guess. Yeah, it's incredible. It really is so stunning. And so that was so awesome because it meant Jasper was able to actually see it. He saw it with his own two eyes. And then the fact that we were even able to capture a little bit of it on camera is Mm. even more special. Now, the ice cream we can vouch for was sensational. Yeah, it really was. We think it's quite good value given that you're in, you know, bit of a tourist trap, Mm. you know, and mean that uh, in the best sense of that phrase. But Mm. you kind of, if you didn't stop there, you'd, you know, like you're there, so you might as well stop kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And there's tour buses coming in and out, you know, and you join a queue, you know, and we're in low season. So you can see that this is probably the most popular, you know, stop. And it was $5 for an affogato with a wattle seed ice cream that was the best mm. affogato I've ever had in my life. Uh, the, you can get a takeaway pack that was four different flavours for $7.50. I just think it was very well priced. It really was. And look, while they had, you know, all of your traditional, I mean, Jasper ordered chocolate, God love him. I was like, don't you want to try something different? <laughs> but no, he ordered chocolate and it was damn delicious. But what's cool is that because they have all of their tropical fruit as well, they they make their own ice cream. And so there was lots of mm. new and interesting flavours of ice cream that you could try there as well. And they change seasonally, mm. which is very cool. So, you know, it gives you a reason to go back. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well worth a stop. So having a day to do all of these activities and actually spend time and not feel rushed – is perfect. There are plenty of resorts, eco-villages. I mean, there's 
an amazing amount of accommodation options all the way along this stretch. And then once you get up past Cape Tribulation, you really hit the Bloomfield track mm-hmm. and that spectacular you know, world-class drive, really, as far as environment and scenery. It is one of the only places in the world where two World Heritage-listed sites meet. That's the Great Barrier Reef and the Daintree Rainforest. So to have, you know, that rainforest meet the reef that you hear about as their their catchphrase and actually be present there is is incredible. Mm, it truly is a, a stunning, stunning part of Queensland. Have we uh, – have we – Told you how stunning it is. Yeah, yeah. Talked you into booking. Uh, but look, I guess the point is if you're going to come up here, you'd you'd want to be able to have, I think, a few days mm. to explore this area. There's the Daintree Visitor Centre. Yes. There's Daintree Village. There are numerous campgrounds mm. for catering for every type of traveller. So yeah. really utilise wiki camps, hip camp. To, to work out your plan and see what's available. But I would think even in the busy season, there's plenty mm. of opportunity for everyone to be able to drop and roll, you know, drop your van and go off in your vehicle and really check it out. Yeah, awesome. All right. We'll wrap it up there because otherwise we'll just… Keep telling you how amazing <laughs> this part of the world is. Uh, again, Port Douglas, only 35 minutes away. The little township of Mossman, beautiful. Of course, the famous Mossman Gorge, mm-hmm. which we neglected this time. We didn't go because… We, we had our own slice of it in our private little oasis. Yeah, all to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you could see how that is the appeal there. You could you know, drop the tourism uh, version for your own, mm. yeah. Which we would highly recommend. I mean, we've both been to Mossman Gorge and it is incredible and definitely well worth a visit if you've never been. But to be able to enjoy that same environment in our mm. own private space was just that, – that is that is a, a once-in-a-lifetime kind of experience. The, the footage, the drone footage, epic. Yeah, d- definitely check it out. Probably the, one of the, the most episodes beautiful. Yeah, beautiful episodes mm. we've produced. Yeah. All right. We will see you next week yes. for Ellis Beach. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Being able to roll your van straight onto the sand, as you said, Katie, in mm-hmm. the episode, feet in the sand. You oh, know, it's uh, so good. Picture perfect palm trees placed, you know, where you need them for the right shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite amazing. The coral. Uh, a sea in the background mm-hmm. and double island point. Yes. Just wow. Truly beautiful. Just We're going to bring you that. And Lucinda. Oh, yeah. The longest still in operation service pier in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, quite incredible. And a sweet little town, Lucinda. Yes, with that epic backdrop of Hinchinbrook mm, Island. Amazing. All right, that's coming up for you next week. For now, we'll say dream big, look after yourself, look after your family. And happy trails. Feel the journey, feel the journey.